This podcast episode looks at the Indigenous people's land management in relation to global environmental change. Aboriginal people traditionally created a sophisticated system of patchwork, burnt and regrowth areas. Fire was used to clear vegetation to make it easier to travel. It was also used to promote growth in some areas and to flush possums out of their habitats for food. Although there was also evidence that to suggest that post the fire, men would create hollows in some trees to encourage the possums back to the area. Almost a sense of rehabilitation. And there were no uncontrolled fires as we often witness in modern times. In modern times, land carers attempt to combine modern practices with traditional knowledge and techniques. Some of the areas in which this can occur are as follows. Number one is the protection of cultural sites of significance to Aboriginal people. Number two is the creation of seasonal harvesting calendars from traditional knowledge. Number three is the mapping and tracking of water sources. Number four is the recognition and recording of new plants and the removal of seeds and weeds. Number five, the reducing of greenhouse gases by using traditional methods of land management. Number six, the retention of traditional knowledge for future generations. Number seven, the knowledge to reduce the risk of bushfires. And number eight, assistance with the conservation of water resources. The environmental, cultural heritage and natural resource management by Indigenous communities is called Caring for Country. So boys, if you are looking for a strategy relating to land cover change, relating to Indigenous land management, you can respond by talking about Caring for Country. Caring for Country includes such activities as cultural practices and rituals, seasonal use of resources and use of fire to achieve optimal environmental conditions. In a contemporary management's context, traditional methods are combined with modern practices to control feral animals, weeds, conduct biodiversity surveys, and tracking native flora. A world example in terms of indigenous land management use is the Ecuadorian Amazon rainforest management. So Ecuador is in South America, in northern South America, and it also has part of the Amazon rainforest that's mostly in Brazil in its country. According to the World Resources Institute, the world's 51.3 million hectares of legally recognised community forests store 37 billion tonnes of carbon, 29 times the annual carbon footprint of the world's passenger vehicles. The impact of oil extraction on Ecuadorian forests has highlighted the need for only the world's indigenous peoples, but for all countries to conserve or preserve their forest resources. In the case of Ecuador, the forest that is home to indigenous peoples in the southern province of Pastaza has fared much better than the solely government-controlled area of Arilana. I'm just going to spell those out for you so that you've got them down as for your notes. So Pastaza, P-A-S-T-A-Z-A, and Orilana, O-R-E-L-L-A-N-A. And I'll just repeat that sentence again. So in the case of Ecuador, the forest that is home to indigenous peoples in the southern province of Pastaza has fared much better than the solely government-controlled area of Arellana. However, this southern area is the new area of interest for oil companies, highlighting the need for government intervention or it will suffer the same fate. The Socio Bosque, 
or Forest Partner program is working to empower Indigenous communities to manage their lands and advocate for their conservation. Sociobosc is spelt S-O-C-I-O space capital B-O-S-Q-U-E. And I'm just going to go through some other cases from around the world where community rights, forest rights and government action have been impacted. So in Bolivia, which is part of the Amazon, there are legal recognition, there is positive government action on strengths of rights, and there is positive forest outcomes. In Brazil, which is part of the Amazon rainforest, there is also legal recognition, positive government action on strength of rights, and positive forest outcomes. Other countries where this is the case, where there is legal recognition, positive government action on strength of rights, and positive forest outcomes, include Guatemala, which is in Central America, Mexico, which is in North America, Niger, which is in Western Africa, Tanzania, which is in Eastern Africa, and Nepal, which is in Central Asia. There are, however, some countries where this is not the case. In Colombia, which is part of the Amazon, they do have legal recognition, they do have positive forest outcomes, but they have negative government action on the strength of rights. In Ecuador, there is legal recognition, but no government action on the strength of rights and no forest outcomes. In Honduras, there are legal recognition, there is positive government action on strength of rights, but there is no positive outcomes in terms of forests. Indonesia is the worst example from the list that I have seen, uh, I have read, in terms of a weak legal or no recognition system in, at all in terms of legal rights, a negative government action on the strength of rights, and a negative forest outcomes. This has been the Indigenous Land Cover Management, looking at Australia and also Ecuador and other parts of the world.